Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Oh, good afternoon. What a chamber of commerce day we have after yesterday's torrential downpours. That orb known as the sun is back up and shining with cool, crisp temps. Oh, it feels like Christmas as we are uh, 10 days away from Santa Claus and the reindeer and the gifts and the food and all the fun things that come along. Uh, with Christmas. Great to be with you on this uh, Thursday, December 15th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, <clears throat> spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons, making this thing run smoothly and professionally. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041 FM, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area and you want to patch a, a face to the voice, well, you can because uh, turn on your television set. We're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. <laughs> Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the college football early signing period is six days away, December 21st through December the 23rd. So it's just around the corner. Things are heating up and boom, today the Tigers got an elite Five-star cornerback, Javian Toviano of Arlington, Texas. He commits to LSU over Texas, Texas A&M, Michigan, and others. A five-star prospect. Tigers get a talent at a position of need. So that's pretty darn good to say the very, very least. LSU will go to their bowl game in the Citrus Bowl on January 2nd. They're already going through a coaching change, and now in the Citrus Bowl next month, LSU will play a team in Purdue without its starting quarterback and its two leading receivers. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell and tight end Payne Durham announced today that they've opted out to begin preparing for the 2023 NFL Draft. And interim coach Brian Brom said wide receiver Charlie Jones also decided not to play. This makes a huge, huge difference in this ballgame as the spread has now jumped up to 14 and a half. Um, yeah, wow. So Jones and Durham were O'Connell's primary targets. Uh, Jones was a stud, 110 catches, 1,361 receiving yards, tied for the Big Ten lead with 12 receiving touchdowns. Durham, the tight end, 56 catches, 560 yards, and eight touchdowns. 
So, um, yeah. So who takes the place at quarterback? Uh, that six-year senior Austin Burton. In five games this year, he completed 75% of his passes for 199 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, so certainly takes off some of the luster of this ball game, but you still got to go and play. And when the television cameras come on, they will beeline it directly to the Purdue sidelines. As you heard in the two-minute drill, Drew Brees has been hired as an interim assistant coach at Purdue ahead of the Boilermakers game against LSU January the 2nd. That was uh, announced today. My buddy Ross Dellinger said that Brees wanted to help with his alma mater's coaching transition after former head coach Jeff Brom left to take the job at Louisville. Uh, Ryan Walters, the former Illinois defensive coordinator, has been hired as the head coach. But Brian Brom, the brother of Jeff Brom, will serve as Purdue's head coach for the ball game. Um, Drew Brees will help Purdue prepare for the bowl game, and he's eligible to recruit thanks to an NCAA waiver. So, Drew Brees, could this be a harbinger of things to come? I don't know. Brees will be on the sideline for the Boilermakers during the game. Come, Drew, I feel like you're a traitor, dog. What are you doing? You come to LSU practices all that? No, that's great. Fun. Good, good for him. Fun, fun, fun. Um, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The NCAA has named... Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker as its next president. He will succeed former LSU Chancellor Mark Emmert. But that Baker is a Republican who's been governor since January 2015, but will conclude his second term in January. He'll begin his new post March the 1st. He played power forward for Harvard's basketball team during the 1977-78 season, but has no previous collegiate administrative experience. Um, he gets hired. He's a politician. This is a very important time as the NCAA um, is transforming the way it governs college sports due to the name, image, and likeness scenario. So political, legal challenges to its business model, very, very important. And we hope that Mr. Baker, uh, Governor Baker, can get the job done uh, and done in a good, good fashion. Please. Um, it's a big discussion if uh, the University of California Regents would approve UCLA's move to the Big Ten. Well, today, if they did, UCLA is officially heading to the Big Ten after receiving approval from the University of California Regents. But the approval comes with stipulations. Um, they will have to help and uh, pay Cal Berkeley in the range of $2 million to $10 million once a Pac-12 media deal is secured, depending upon the amount of the deal. The board also included other conditions for UCLA to address the impact of the move on athletes, including funds for academic support, nutritional support, and mental health services. So USC going, UCLA going. Texas, Oklahoma going to the U, uh, going to the SEC. 
Uh, those were two of the bigger stories, obviously, um, in college sports and in college football. Uh, today on the program, uh, Preston Guy will join us. We'll talk more about LSU. Uh, Brian Kelly will address the media after Saturday's practice, and we'll find out. I'm sure he'll be asked his thoughts on what's happening with Jaden Daniels uh, and a bunch of other things. Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Um, and that. Blake Lavelle will join us. We'll talk about um, the new president of the NCAA and some of the uh, trials and tribulations that he will face. Got some big games in SEC basketball this weekend. We'll go over those as well. Mike Scarborough will join us in hour number two from TigerBait.com. We'll talk about the commitment today of Javian Toviano and some of the other uh, big timers on LSU's wish list as they try to close the deal right now I think LSU's ranked fifth in the country in the class of 2023. Does Toviano move them up the charts? And who else are they really in pursuit of? And who does he feel like they've got uh, a good shot at getting? Jeff Duncan will join us in hour number two at around 3.15 from NOLA.com. One of the great stories in college football this year that hasn't really been touched upon is the job that Willie Fritz has done at Tulane. Tulane will play USC in the Cotton Bowl. And it wasn't very long ago that the flirtation of Willie Fritz to go to become the head coach at Georgia Tech was very, very strong. Timing is everything. Willie Fritz opted to choose to stay at Tulane. We'll get the behind the scenes story on how that came about, despite the fact that Georgia Tech offered a heck of a lot more money than Tulane could ever offer. We'll discuss that with Jeff Duncan, and it's week 15 in the NFL. We've got um, football tonight in the NFL. We've got three games on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk and get all the picks of it from our good friend, the Schwab from Yahoo Sports. So... Um, that will be it. San Francisco and Seattle tonight. Three games on Saturday highlighted by the night game. Ooh, how does Miami travel to Buffalo and play in those temps and those conditions? Well, they'll have to. So that's where we are today. We got a big one in the NBA tonight. <clears throat> the the Pels will try and get back on the winning ledger of things. They lost Tuesday night, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> to the Utah Jazz. Well, much like when Phoenix came to New Orleans for a uh, basically a game, a day off, another game. Well, that's going to happen tonight as the Pelicans take on the Utah Jazz yet again. Um, big opportunity for the Pels. Huge opportunity to try and get this thing uh, done and done the right way. They need to get back on the winning streak. And with that in mind, NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Check this out. This month, everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in under the promos tab, and place an eligible bet on your choice on a New Orleans game. If it doesn't hit, 
You'll get your money back in a free bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited-time offer. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issue based on amount of initial losing bet eligibility restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER that's 1-800-426-2537 some lsu football talk when we return here to the jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 17 minutes after the hour. Let's get things underway. LSU versus Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. We've got recruiting right around the corner. Drew Brees is going to put on a Boilermaker cap and coach a little bit. My goodness gracious. Thank goodness he's not going to be the quarterback. But Preston Guy is a staff writer covering LSU football at TigerBait.com. He's kind enough to join us. Happy holidays, PG. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I feel a little betrayed. Just a little betrayed by little Drew, but I understand, you know, when when your alma mater calls, you got to answer. Maybe, maybe this is a harbinger of something to come. Maybe he wants to to see what this coaching thing's all about. Uh, who knows? But I don't know what he can bring to the table this late in the season. But LSU's going to be playing against a team without its starting quarterback and without its two best wide receivers. Hello. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a good karma coming back to LSU after playing that bowl game last year. Uh, yeah. I, I think I see Purdue getting 11 points. Uh, I might take uh, LSU in those 11 points. Uh, uh, if it's anything, uh, if Purdue looks anything like LSU had to look like during the bowl game last year. We know that Purdue's not going to have their quarterback. Is LSU going to have their quarterback? You know, from what I'm hearing, they, he should be fine. Um, I, I think he will be good to go. I mean, remember, he said seven to ten days. So I imagine they're going to take it easy on him, but I don't see a way where he doesn't play the bowl game. I haven't heard anything differently yet, and we still got some time to tell. So the decision hasn't been made today, that's for sure. All right. Um, Ryan Kelly will address the media after Saturday's practice, so I'm sure that will be question number one. Either either there's there's two reasons why he wouldn't play in the bowl game. One is he's still hurt and not going to be able to do it. Or number two, he's going to declare for the NFL draft and go work on uh, getting ready for the combine. Do you do you foresee what what kind of possibility do you give the latter? I think he's going to come back to school. I think he'll be back next year. I do, too. I do, too. I, I, so I, if he's going to come back to school next year, uh, it kind of gives a, a little bit away that, yeah, I think he'll play the ball game if he's coming back to school next year. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you should expect some good news on that front if you want your starting quarterback back next year. Yeah, I, I hope they make that announcement and get it done. So what does that do for a um, for a Garrett Nussmeyer, in your opinion? Hey, that – 
is an interesting situation. Um, you would hope – I always look at these transfer situations. It's hard to get in their head, but you got to think about it. What would you tell your son in that situation? Well, I mean, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be a sophomore next year, sitting behind a guy with one year of eligibility left. If he goes and transfers out, you know – what, is he really guaranteed a better spot anywhere else he goes? Because anywhere you go, you're going to have to earn it unless you go to some really small school. But, you know, you sit back one year, you get better, and you see if you can beat out Walker Howard the next year. Um, and I think the same goes for Walker Howard. It, the, but, of course, the the hard reality is in this day and age, kids want to play, they want to play now, and Brian Kelly would be a miracle worker to keep all three guys on roster next year and if he's able to do that i mean that you got to feel good about the future of lsu that he was able to pull that i really believe daniels uh, and i agree with you that he comes back i I just think there's a a myriad of reasons to do so improving his skill set uh improving his his draft status but more importantly um a chance to really have a special team if all things fall into place you got you got a kid that obviously wants to come back um in Keishon booty to to make up the men's for for a down year for him so you got a go-to receiver to go to you got a lot of young kids that are getting better and are in the system i just i think it all adds up I mean, but he's the guy that has to be there because he's the guy that can take you to where you want to get in my opinion Absolutely. And, you know, you also look at your surrounding cast. Your running back room should be better next year. It can't be worse, if we're just being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all respect to Josh Williams, but he needed supporting cast, and at times this year he didn't have them, and he was hurt at times. I mean, anytime you're an SEC program running out with two scholarship backs in any game, that's about as bad as it gets for a running back room. So right. next year you're bringing in two studs. Caleb uh, Jackson out of Liberty Magnet, who I've seen a number of times. I'm very impressed with him. And then you got Trey Holly, the all time leading LHSAA rusher, coming in. You got two incredible backs coming into LSU to add into the mix. I think both those guys will give a breath of life to those guys. You, if you're Brian Kelly, you want all six backs back. That's what you're aiming for. You want, you want six running backs on your roster next year because you need at least four to be taking viable snaps and then you're talking about bringing your whole offensive line back so and right now you're looking at your transfer portal and you're losing some guys like okay so we just saw just a few minutes ago cornerback jalen davis robinson is leaving that comes on the heels of the taviano commitment i wonder if they're related but all these guys you're seeing enter the corner uh, the portal haven't really made an impact you wonder if they're square peg round holes guys who just don't fit in because none of them have made an impact, with maybe the exception of Jack Bash. And we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with that, with Keishon Butte returning. Right. Kids want to play, and I don't fault them if they can't. Um, if that's if that's the the way they want to go about it, uh, that's fine. I think, look, that offensive line comes back, right? I mean, Campbell and Jones are better. Um, you've lost a few to the portal. Xavier Hill was the latest offensive lineman to enter the portal, along with Cam Wire, Marcus Dumerville. Those are expected, right. right? But this offensive line ought to be dynamite next year. Yeah, I mean, those are guys who weren't slotted to start next year. And, yep. I mean, those are guys you should expect the transfer. I mean, a lot of these guys you're seeing hit the transfer portal 
you might have seen hit the transfer portal before the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys right. used to transfer out and wait their year when things looked, you know, they, they looked doom and gloomy. And, I, I, you know, you just don't want to see guys who were slotted to come make an impact. Now, you could argue some of these DBs transferring out because you're losing six DBs. But, like I said, you're, you've got some great DBs coming in. You got Taviano, who just committed today, huge five star commitment. I expect him to be a starting cornerback. And then all eyes now move to Desmond Ricks, the five star corner. I think LSU will get him, and I think he will be on your your other starting corner next year. Um, Preston Guy with us, TigerBait.com. I know the recruiting class is is, is significant. Have you heard any word? We've heard of. LSU players entering the portal. Are we hearing anything about players entering the portal that are interested in coming to LSU? And and what is, what is LSU looking for? Yeah, so right now, Brian Kelly is kind of taking it slower than you might expect. Uh, last I saw, it was like five or six kids they've offered. A, they offered, you know, a defensive tackle out of Western Michigan, huge kid, tight ends, you know. No, no. Big, notable, surprising names. I do wonder, though, I do wonder, a couple Alabama players from Louisiana entering the portal, uh, the Preston kid, notably, entering the portal. Um, I wonder, because Brian Kelly's come out and said he's going to look for Louisiana kids in this transfer portal. I do know their focus right now is this early signing day class. Right. Now, I believe that's strategic. Now, I'm, I'm doing some some read between the lines here. I think they want to focus on this freshman class. They don't want to bring in a bunch of transfers from the transfer portal that are going to scare off the right. freshmen. Because if you got, you know, a fifth-year guy coming in at their position, <laughs> you know, they're not going to sign that dotted line with a, when you're obviously looking for guys to play above them. I think once this signing yeah. day, uh, day passes, they're going to hit it hard. They're, and they're going, to, they're going to put pedal to the metal and go for it. It makes perfect sense. Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. I think it's quite obvious that the most valuable player of the LSU offense was Jaden Daniels. I think you have an argument on the defensive side of the ball. Who who do you think was the defensive MVP for LSU this year? Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, you probably give it to B.J. Ojolari for being for the entire season. But, I mean, toward the end of the season, there's no question, right? It's Harold Perkins mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, from start to finish, uh, I'd go B.J. Ojolari. And if I'm handing out an award to my team, I'd probably go with the, you know, the veteran leadership there. But I saw Harold Perkins walk away with some hardware uh, from his team banquet for sure. Sure. Uh, and yet was the that, only defensive player of the year? And yet the only member on the All-American team, third team, Mickey Wingo. And, and he, <laughs> what a job he did. Yeah, well, and he deserves it, too. Uh, yeah. After Mason Smith went down, you, I mean, you did not get quite the production of Jaqueline Roy, uh, at least in terms of stopping the run and, and being a presence that you quite wanted. Uh, man, you would have been lost without Mackie Wingo at times this year. Yeah. I mean, I think all three that have been mentioned 
Um, they could slice that thing into thirds and give a give a slice to all. Perkins had the most splash because of the game against Arkansas. Um, but from from start to finish, man, Wingo and Ojolari were pretty darn good, uh, yeah. to say the least. So uh, that's why I think it, it's very obvious on the offensive side, uh, debatable on the defensive side. So so we'll see what happens. To, um, I'm not saying he's going to get fired at all because I think he does a tremendous job in certain aspects. But Brian Polian, special teams. What, what do you Ooh. think Brian Kelly does with that? All right, let me play devil's advocate and give you the the support for him. Is that uh, special teams? You're not using a lot of your starters, and this was a Frankenstein roster. We've talked, me and you've talked yeah. about that all season long. That yeah. you have, you know, you kind of had to put square holes, round pegs everywhere you look to build this roster into what it is. And when mm-hmm. it comes to special teams, you're really really dealing with some 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 misfit toys to to work there you know I, I think you really see that when you have a walk-on returning kicks so when you have a walk-on returning kicks because simply no one else you can trust not to muff the punt that doesn't really come down to coaching okay at the same time though some of these coverage busts and you look at that block kick against georgia where your team just was completely unaware to spread out i mean when I was coached in on field goal unit, if the kick's blocked, spread out wide, just spread out wide until the whistle blows. And mm-hmm. whistle never blew. They they were just completely unaware. That's straight up coaching, straight up coaching. So I, you can only make so many excuses for him. I, I, I if he's not an on the field coach, I do think he brings a lot of value as yeah. like an administrative recruiter of some yeah. sort. We'll have mm-hmm. to see. I do know there's going to be a lot of pressure to improve those special teams. And if it's bring in an, another special teams guy, um, you, you could see where that's going real fast with him. Yeah, I think that's the one major decision that Brian Kelly has to make about his staff this year. We shall see. Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. You're going to be busy, man. Signing day is next uh, Wednesday. So thank you for that's your right. time, your expertise. I greatly appreciate it, man. Happy holidays to you. Hey, happy holidays to you, Jordy. See you around. Merry Christmas. You got it, man. Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. The biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th through the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lenai X, and more. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gets you access to exclusive viewing areas stage side pools hot tubs and gourmet food hangout fest is a beach vacation like no other find out more at 1037 thegamecom or 1041 thegamecom hangout fest oh yes indeed um blake lavelle we're talking all things sec when we return here on the jordy helper show He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
And we are back 35 minutes after the hour. Time to talk about where the league, where it just means more. The Southeastern Conference, nobody more intertwined in the in it than our next guest, Blake Lavelle from at 14 Southeastern. He's part of the Blue Ribbon Yearbook, the basketball Bible of college basketball. Uh, Blake, happy holidays, buddy. How, how are you doing these days, man? Yeah, same to you, Jordy. Uh, thanks as always for having me on. Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure. Um, what do you think about these bowl games and uh, and the SEC? So many, like LSU finds out today they're going to be playing Purdue that won't have their starting quarterback, won't have their two top receivers. Um, it, it certainly takes a little bit of the luster off of it, but that's just the way of the world now. Yeah, it's. Um, I tell you, it's the bowl games. I don't think have ever mattered any less in terms of just um, you yeah. know, like I said, there's just so many players that. You know, the transfer portal, players transfer as soon as the season's over. Um, you know, get guys opt out. And there's just so many. I mean, once you get to the actual games, there's just so many different teams. You know, we went through and previewed every previewed every game thus far, uh, the SEC Bowl season. And, you know, as we're going through and talking about them, it's like, how can we possibly predict what's going to happen when half the right. teams are missing? I mean, more than half. The majority of the teams are missing some of their top players and, um, it's just a completely different team when you take out some of these top playmakers across the board. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, as always, bowl season's unpredictable, but I think by the year it just gets more unpredictable just because, you know, there's so many other avenues to, to where players, quite frankly, don't have to play for their team uh, beyond um, the regular season. So. I'm with you. What do you think about Georgia-Ohio State in one semifinal? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Georgia, you know, it's, it's a team we thought that, would take a while to get back to where they were last season, but I think very early on we, we understood that this was a roster that was capable of being right there. And, you know, again, we thought it may take take a little bit longer to get there, but once they turned it on, there was no one that could really, you know, match the things that they can do. And um, so I think when you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, Georgia went through the SEC and, what well, I mean, they, they were undefeated. And I think when you look at Ohio State, that's a team to me that, um, you know, and I'm not saying Georgia's resume is, I mean, look, it's impressive because we know they play in the SEC and they beat, you know, Tennessee. They they, they won some some tough games. But, um, you know, Ohio State's resume, too, I think, is, you know, their biggest game on the biggest stage was at home, and they right. you know, didn't fare very well against the best team right. they played this season. And so uh, that would give me a little hesitation probably on Ohio State when you just look at it from the matchup standpoint, especially – with what Georgia can do defensively, I think that will really uh, be a challenge because I don't think, you know, even with Michigan, I don't think Ohio State's seen a team like Georgia this year uh, from this defensive standpoint. And so I think when you add all that together, uh, that would be my concern for Ohio State, being able to find enough offense here against this, this Georgia defense. And really, I don't think we should take anything away from Georgia's offense either because uh, I still don't think they've gotten enough credit for what Stetson Bennett's been able to do there this season. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I like Georgia. Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern. Um, I, I want to switch gears and talk, man, uh, basketball. I like this league. Um, man, there's some good teams. I am so impressed uh, with Alabama. And uh, just just to name one team. But, that, man, this is going to be a good year of college basketball in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think really the top six um you know, I think with, with Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Auburn, I mean, to me, those four or those six feel like 
surefire, you know, NCAA tournament teams. And, and I think, you know, we usually go into the season with a pretty good idea of who that's going to be. But I think you look at the upside of these six, and there's a lot of it. Um, beyond that, honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, the you know, if, if any of these other teams beyond that can get to their level. Um, because I think there there's obvious questions probably for a lot of different teams, whether that is an LSU, um, whether it's a Florida uh, A&M, teams like that. Um, but there, there are still question marks, I think, in terms of what their actual potential is. But the top six are really, really good. And, you know, to me, you mentioned Alabama. I think Alabama's the best team in the league right now because they certainly have the best resume in the league. Yes. And, oh, by the way, they get a chance to improve that even more when they play Gonzaga on Saturday. <laughs> uh, but this is, an interesting, this is an interesting weekend in the league, Jordy, because a lot of big matchups that can really – do a lot of good things for these teams in the SEC. Alabama against the Zags, Kentucky against UCLA, Tennessee plays at Arizona, Auburn's got USC. Um, So these are some big games, and if the SEC can win some of these, um, again, it's only going to help the strength of your resume once you get in the conference play. I'm with you. I I love uh, how these teams schedule these games. Mississippi State hasn't played anybody. LSU, uh, 9-1, but, you know, uh, they beat a middle-of-the-road ACC team in in Wake Forest, albeit they did come from behind from 20. I'm really impressed with Matt McMahon. He's kind of an old-school coach, Blake. I mean, they they run an offense with a lot of screens on the ball, screens off the ball, lots of back cuts, lots of um, elbows to, to low block moves I, I, he, he's kind of a throwback coach yeah no I really like, like I said I mean you could see it at, at Murray State in terms of just kind of you could see him molding himself into this kind of coach in terms of being on this level and having a chance to really show you know what he's capable of and obviously mm-hmm. you know you can go back and there's a lot of familiarity with Buzz Peterson Appalachian State you know a former grad assistant in Tennessee too and all those different things, um, but I think he just he understands. I think again, you talk about like the offensive stuff, and I just think he's someone that understands what you need in this day and age to be successful um, when it comes to you know again, there's just different approaches to your style and those kind of things. And obviously, he has to play a different style um, at LSU than he did at Murray State. But I think he's been very good at adjusting to his personnel, and I think that sometimes you know we see coaches that just get stuck. And right. here's how we're going to do things. No matter what our roster is, we're going to do it this way. And it doesn't work um, for for some of those top teams. And, and you know, mm-hmm. there are probably some examples we could point out. Uh, and, you know, obviously we're not going to knock what Kentucky's accomplished, but I think that's one of the knocks on, on Cal sometimes is they just they, they play the way they play and they don't necessarily always adjust to what their roster has. And I think with LSU, you know, you're going to see that a lot with Matt McMahon. I think he's really good at understanding what he has and mm-hmm. he adjusts and adapts to what his player strengths are. And, you know, all coaches should do that, and a lot do. But I think that's going to be something that really is going to help them be successful there. Yeah, Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern. I think the only coach that it was his way or the highway and, and that he was successful was Bobby Knight. That's the way you're going to play. Yeah. He made Isaiah Thomas pass the ball five or six times before before <laughs> they look for a shot. So uh, God bless them. But uh, wow. Um, you mentioned Kentucky. Um, they're seven and two. They always play a difficult schedule. Um, a little bit of pressure on Cal. It's been a while uh, in the blue in the Commonwealth since Kentucky has cut down the nets. There's always that pressure. There's always that expectation, and if you don't do it, it's not a very successful season. Um, what what, uh, what are your feelings about the Wildcats this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, too, we learned a lot about them on Saturday because they finally got a big win against Michigan, which I, I still think mm-hmm. Michigan's a pretty good team. It's not the Michigan yeah. teams maybe we've seen in recent years, but I think they're still pretty good. Um, but, you know, like you said, when you consider what? I mean, they haven't made the Final Four since 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, they had a couple of lead eights in there and such, but that's a long time in Kentucky land. I mean, that's <laughs> for, for, for Big Blue Nation, that's a long, long time. And um, I think when you look at it from that standpoint, talent-wise, and I probably said this to you before in the season, I think this, this Kentucky team could be as good as, you know, ones he's had in a long time. But have they met that yet? No, because it's nice for them to have some of the wins they have on their resume. But the two best games or two best opponents they played, they've lost two. And honestly, in stretches of both those games, they didn't look good at all. Um, and I think the offensive side is the problem. Is you know, Even if they've won some of these games in a row, I think they still have issues offensively, and that's why they can't afford to do that against UCLA on Saturday or they're going to get beat. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you have Oscar Sheepway, he adds an element you just don't find anywhere else, and I think that's always going to give them a chance to beat anybody on their schedule. Uh, but at the same time, they've got to find something offensively, and that's why I kind of mentioned a minute ago is I think they're just stubborn sometimes in terms of how they run their offense and, well, I don't know if you can say it, running an offense um, more so than just a style of offense. Uh, but if they can get that figured out and really get some more of these guys involved, I think Case and Wallace is one of the best freshmen they've had in a while. If they can keep getting him involved, um, you know, get Antonio Reeves to transfer, get him more three-point shots, they're going to be fine. But um, I don't know. I still kind of hesitate a little bit on Kentucky. And I, honestly, I think they're probably the underdog heading into this game on Saturday against yeah. UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, uh, big weekend for SEC basketball. This is what I love about college basketball. It's great that that UConn from the Big East is back and relevant. I wish Georgetown and Syracuse were relevant. Houston's got a really good ball club. Um, you know, it's somebody different. Uh, all that. It's great that Indiana's back in the mix. I think college basketball's good when Indiana and UCLA are good. They seem to be good this year. So. Um, that that is that's exciting stuff. I, I think it's going to be a great. There is no clear cut favorite this year. Um, not like there was with Gonzaga a year ago. Albeit you know, the things didn't turn out well that way. But they, I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams in this thing that are that can contend for a title and it makes for a great season. No, it does. And and you said something there that kind of caught my attention. I think what's interesting is you know, to me, UConn and Houston. Um, and I think you can even say UCLA to an extent. I think Purdue maybe fits that category a little bit too. But I mean, they play. They, some, I mean, especially UConn and Houston to me, they remind me of these old school, yes, you know, hard nosed, tough teams. Yep. Like, and you know, look, that's probably what it is. We're kind of in the era where flash is everything, and you know, it's more about the, the highlight reels and those kind of things. But these are teams that are hard nosed. They're in your face. They're aggressive. Um, you know, it's like kind of this UCLA team. Maybe not the same mold as the UConn or Houston, but that's an older group that's played together. They're tough. They have a lot of confidence. Um, I, I think that's what you, you're starting to see kind of as a separator because, I mean, let's call again, let's call it what it is. Like, it's the Wild West in terms of there's a new – you basically have a new team every year um, because yeah. of transfers yeah. and all this other stuff. But when you look at teams like UConn and, and Houston – you see the elements that you need to be a winning program. And, you know, Dan Hurley, uh, you look at Kelvin Sampson, like these are coaches that have always been that way. Like they've always been tough-minded. They've kind of, you know, put that into their players. 
And I think that's what's kind of fun about it is when you look at these kind of teams that are starting to separate themselves from the pack, um, they have a toughness to them, and, and they have kind of those old-school um, characteristics, and I think that's yeah. kind of fun to think about. Man, I miss those Big East days with with Pearl Washington and and, and all those teams, Georgetown with Ewing and all that. Man, that was some fun, fun basketball. But uh, maybe maybe some of them are coming back. Uh, I think it'll be great. Um, Blake, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yep. Um, I really do appreciate your help and your time and your expertise. You're terrific, man. Thank you. No, same to you, Jordy. Have a good Christmas, and yeah, I always appreciate you having me on. We will we will talk soon, my friend. Thank you so very much. Um, we'll talk about a huge college basketball game in just a minute. But first, um, the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armored Tart Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armored Tart Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles southwest louisiana sports station yes we'll talk about that big matchup in college hoops tonight when we return to the jordy helper show here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles alexa and the game make a great team do yourself a favor and enable the alexa skill the game southwest louisiana so you can keep it locked in to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles wherever you go France will take on Argentina in the World Cup final on Sunday. You can watch all the action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sudden Link Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. Good ball game tonight. The Raging Cajuns travel west. To take on Lake Charles, um, it, to, to take on in Lake Charles, uh, McNeese at the Legacy Center. Um, Cajuns have a stretch of eight of its next 10 games on the road. Tip is set for 7 p.m. Um, Bob Marlin's club is 9-1 and one off to its best 10-game ten, ten start since the 1990-91 season. Um yeah, they play the next four games on the road. They're coming fresh off of a an easy 98-63 win over Louisiana Christian. Never heard of Louisiana Christian. Never. Um, the Cajuns will head to Austin, Texas to fakes Texas on December 21st before they open Sunbelt Conference play with games at Coastal Carolina and Old Dominion. Jordan Brown coming off 37-point career high, second in the Sunbelt Conference in scoring at 19.6 points per game. Themis Folks, the SBC leader in assists. Um, yeah, they've got a pretty good double-double group here uh, for Bob Marley. McNeese, 3-7. and seven. They're coming off a split in a road trip in Iowa. They beat Northern Iowa by 3. They fell to 20th-ranked Iowa State by 30. 
seven. Look, uh, this is the 98th contest all time between the schools. The Cajuns hold a 62-35 lead. It's going to be 63-35 after tonight. The Cajuns have won seven. The last seven meetings in the series, including the previous two games in Lake Charles, um, should be a really, really good crowd for this one. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Um, all you Cajun fans, just make the drive to Lake Charles and watch some hoops tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, it, it's it's a beautiful venue, really good sight lines for everybody in there. It's perfect. It is a perfect facility for McNeese State. So uh, a big ball game tonight, and we wish both teams the very best. Is is UL and McNeese State a rivalry? Do they do they constitute a rivalry? Uh, I say no, uh, but I can be convinced otherwise if somebody wants to to tell me about that. Uh, but they're sure trying to make it one, and that's good. That's good. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. All right, big news on the recruiting front. LSU gets, uh, according to one service, a five-star defensive back. We'll talk all about recruiting as we are six days away from National Signing Day. Mike Scarborough will join us at the top of the second hour of the program to talk about that. Jeff Duncan will join us. Drew Brees, trader, coaching Purdue against LSU. Now, we're going to talk about the Willie Fritz saga at Tulane and what a job he has done. The biggest turnaround, wow, from two wins to 11 in the blink of an eye. And now they get ready to play USC in the Cotton Bowl. So we'll talk to Jeff Duncan about that. And the Schwab will make his week 15 NFL picks. A rookie quarterback for the Falcons coming to Caesars Superdome to take on the, what are the Saints? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. It's all coming your way. Hour number two, the Jordy Helper Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of two, and away we go. Yes, indeed. Uh, If you missed hour number one, we talked... uh, a lot about uh, the LSU-Purdue football game. We talked about SEC basketball with Blake Lavelle, but now it's time to focus in on uh, the most important task at hand, and that's recruiting because National Signing Day is uh, six days away, the 21st through the 23rd. It's the early signing period in football, and today the Tigers got some great news at a position of need. Nobody knows recruiting better than Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com, who's kind enough to join us here today. Uh, Mike, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, buddy. I know you're busy. I appreciate the time. How are you? 
I'm doing good. It, it, it's uh, it, it's absolutely crazy this time of year. Uh, <laughs> and, you love and really, it. It's like it, as much as we think it's it's crazy. Uh, there's a huge amount of stress on the LSU football coaches or any coaches in any program. Uh, if you're bowl bound, you got official visitors for high school recruits. You got transfer portal. You got your kids that you need to interview to make sure they don't get in the portal or, or talk right. them out of it or, or or have a conversation that maybe they need to go. Uh, then you got to recruit the portal. Um, it, it, it's nonstop. These coaches really don't well, have time to think. You would do that if you got nine million dollars a year, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, the, the, the pay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they know uh, what they're uh, signing up for. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, do you uh, get I the, just I just I, buy a couple of cases of rain or bang, and and I'll go all day. You give yeah, me that I kind of money. You. I get I get the impression that if you had to prioritize things, um, priority number one for this LSU football staff is recruiting. Number two is getting ready for a bowl game, and I think third, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe third is is the portal. How would you would you agree or disagree with that? Um. I, I think that's partly why you've got these staffs that are so big, so that you can pro- have all of them be the top priority. Okay. Um, you know, every assistant coach has a player personnel guy that's dedicated to their side of the ball. So, uh, like today with uh, JV and Toviano, the five-star cornerback that committed at noon. Well, you know, that's obviously uh, Coach Steeples, the cornerback's coach, but he's also in the building got Sherman Wilson, uh, in player personnel uh, that also helps him recruit that kid. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got other guys that uh, all they do all day long is hit refresh on that browser to see who's getting in the portal. Um, and of course, they also have practice this afternoon. So, uh, yeah. and they get official visitors arrive tomorrow with their families, and they have bowl practice on Saturday morning. Um, uh, but you know that, that's why you've seen. Uh, you know, particularly the the, the the programs scale of LSU's their 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 overall staffs just balloon to huge numbers. Right. Um, right. I, I, would look, like, look. I, I would like to know the numbers of employees that are in that building, in that football building. Um, you know, we were it's talking huge. about that today. Uh, you know, there's some crazy stuff out there about what Georgia's offering uh, players to come play for the University of Georgia right now. Well, I think a lot of that correlates to really. If you assess what these programs are bringing in dollar-wise, or if sure. you try to look at them the way you would, you know, uh, estimate the value of a pro franchise, um, the money's there. They're not spending money they don't have. They know what they have. Right. It, it's it's the old cliche: the rich get richer. No doubt about that. You mentioned Toviano, Havian Toviano. Um, LSU gets them over Texas, Texas A and M, and Michigan. Tell me about this kid. Uh, he's a fantastic football player, and if you heard him speak today, a very, very mature kid. Um, held his recruiting process close to the vest, 6'1", about 185 pounds, got very long length. Um, he could play also, you know, he's listed as a corner, but he can also play safety. Um, he, he did a lot of things uh, offensively uh, for Martin High School, and um, he's one that everybody coveted. Uh, Texas A&M is particularly sick about losing him because he's in that uh, same vein of a kid that uh, like Harold Perkins that got away from him last year. Mm. Um, 
you know, they, they hate to see kids like that. And the, the last time there was a cornerback safety prospect like that that got away was his name was Jamal Adams. So okay. uh, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Jamal Adams, but um, uh, but you like if you him. watch his tape, he's phenomenal. Okay, got uh, Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Um, another kid's name that I keep popping up that LSU uh, w- would love to get is another cornerback in Desmond Ricks. What do you hear about the kid from IMG Academy in Florida? Uh, I think LSU's in a good spot with him. Of course, it is the last weekend before signing day next week. And so he's, he, LSU's getting, for, getting him for the last weekend. And um, uh I think that that bodes very well for for him. Um, you know, you start piecing together this defensive back group, which they really need, have needed to rebuild corner into the corners and safeties. And so, just imagine you you got Tobiano today. Uh, what if you get Ricks? You got Isaac Smith uh, from uh, North Mississippi at Awamba Agricultural um, up in Fulton, Mississippi. He's he's the other uh, uncommitted uh, prospect on campus this weekend. A safety, a top safety, um, and then you got Denver Harris out there, who was a five star last year, um, two years ago in, in Texas, that uh, had uh, a run in at, at Texas A and M and hit the portal. He's a five star, and and that's looking very very good. Of course, he's Tech Miner's son. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Um, Brian Kelly talked about wanting to get Louisiana kids to come to play at LSU. There's a kid that uh, I know that used to play at Edna Carr, um, yeah. a very talented kid who went to Alabama. He's hit the portal. Uh, what, do you, what are the chances of Aaron Anderson coming back home? Uh, I think extremely high. Extremely high. Um uh, I, I think there could be some stuff that break on him sooner rather than later. I'm not saying today, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that that one's going to go very long. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a kid that I ranted and raved about all last year. He was, I remember to me one, of, yeah, to me one of the most exciting receivers. You know, we were talking about all the guys that got away last year, and particularly the three three wide receivers. He was the one that. I said that if you're an LSU fan, you should be the most sick about. And um, so now, uh, see what this portal does. Um, yeah, you can you can you can get hurt, but you can also get uh, healthy in a hurry. And mm-hmm. knowing what he can do in the return game on special teams, you want to talk about an immediate fix for for Brian Polian, who's you know, been a whipping boy on message boards yep. and Twitter all season long. <laughs> I sure has, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Do you, uh, do you project a, a very heavy first-day signing period for LSU? I do. I do. Um, I mean, what do you have, a dozen or so uh, midterm grads? Um, so, you, you know, it, it's – I'm not hearing where really anybody's – not going to sign next week and and and, and take it to February. I, th- I think they're all wanting to get it done and over with. It's just um, there's there's no games being played. And I yeah. And you know, look, there, there's a couple of kids. You know, it, could something happen? Uh, something funny business uh, in this day and age of NIL? I guess it can't. It can happen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it sure looks to me, and, and I'm it, when you talk like this, it always feels like you're throwing shade or, or always ripping on Orgeron and his staff. But it just sure seems like they've got every detail and a lot of the uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed uh, going into the last week. It just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's anybody that they that they haven't done the leg work, um, and and have everything pretty well sewn yeah. up. So um, this, okay. this recruiting class, I haven't seen any of the new calculations this, since Toviano uh, got added to the commitment list. They were a consensus, what, number six in the country. I, I think Toviano might have pro- is, it should uh, move them up a spot or two into the top five. So Okay, okay. It, um, top priority, uh, now that you got Toviano, is Rick's the top priority or is there somebody else that we're not talking about? Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know that any one of those three defensive backs, if you include Denver Harrison, that mix, I don't okay. know that any one of those defensive backs are, are head and shoulders or a higher priority more than the other that you just need numbers. Um, okay. but it, I mean, look, if you, you start looking at these guys and then you, you know, you consider Denver Harris was a guy who did some really nice things, uh, for, for Texas A&M before he got into trouble. This DBU thing is going to get right back on track in a hurry. All right. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. You are a busy dude, man. Um, I I greatly appreciate your time. Merry Christmas to you. I hope LSU uh, gets a great signing class and everybody gets happy off this thing. But I agree with you. It sure seems like um, in Brian Kelly, we trust. It seems like they've got this thing down and uh, uh, they're working it well. That's good for them. I mean, Jordy, look look at the transfer portal. It's, you know, once it got opened up, you just assumed it was going to get crazy. Yeah. I mean, he had he had individual meetings scheduled for each of his players, and don't do anything until you talk to me. And it sure, yeah. I mean, look, we're going to get him uh, Saturday after practice for a press conference, right? And I'm we're going to get a lot of those questions answered. But it sure looks like he he's real. They've really done a bang up job uh, being on the same page with every kid in that program. I'm with you. I'm with you. One last question: Yes or no, uh, Jaden Daniels. Is he the starting quarterback for LSU next year? Yes. He is Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Love him to death. You're the best. Merry Christmas, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, man. Talk soon. You got it, man. You got it. You can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at LAChristmasChannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com, next here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. All right, we're back 17 minutes after the hour on this Thursday, December 15th. If you want to know anything about the great city of New Orleans, sports, food, music, Whatever it is, uh, the man the, the man that has it is our next guest, and that is the award-winning writer, uh, reporter uh, for NOLA.com, the one and only Mr. Jeff Duncan. Jeff, it's been way too long. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, my friend. Oh, same to you, Jordy. How you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. Finally got some cold weather, and it's a beautiful day. I'm sure you've already had your run today, but uh, um, I don't want any more talk about the Saints and that debacle. I want to. I want a feel good story. Nothing's a. Nothing says feel good better than what's happened to the two-lane green wave uh, and the turnaround from a year ago to this year. Now they get to play in the Cotton Bowl for the first time in a big bowl since 1940, and they get to keep their head coach all in the same breath. Just a remarkable year for the wave. Yeah, it's been a a little bit of a magic carpet ride. No one – I don't think anybody saw this coming. Now, you talk to people out on Willow Street, they felt like they definitely – had the makings of a special season, but I think even exceeded their expectations going to the Cotton Bowl, top 15, uh, AP, top 25 finish. I mean, Jordy, they were picked seventh in the in the conference before the season began, so not a lot of people <laughs> saw this coming. been awesome. just a remarkable coaching job by Willie Fritz and his staff. I mean, you know uh, the limitations and some of the hurdles that Tulane has yep. in their conference. I mean, against – Schools like Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Memphis. I mean, they're just different missions at those academic institutions. And for Willie Fritz and his staff to overcome them, and really, there was no fluke about it this year. You know, I mean, they they pretty much dominated everybody the whole season long. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very deserving uh, Cotton Bowl berth. I'm with you. Uh, all right. So there was this, um, and I thought. I thought it was a done deal. I thought Willie Fritz was packing his bags and going to make his final stop in his coaching career at a Power 5 school because Georgia Tech wanted him. I think it was quite obvious that they wanted him. Take me back. What what happened there? Well, I think a a couple of things. One, uh, Tulane did a good job of presenting to Willie. Look, Willie at this point in his career, uh, you know, he's not out seeking – money anymore i mean he's not trying to you know climb the golden ladder uh, mm-hmm. he's 62 this guy's got enough money in the bank and has done enough in his life he wants to win and compete at a high level and he he wants to do it at tulane or a school like tulane i mean the model he's always used is northwestern now i know northwestern's had a little bit of a down year this right. year with pat fitzgerald but they've been very good for a long time in an urban setting with a prestigious academic institution. And that's kind of been the model. And he thinks that they can do that at Tulane. Now, they're not in the Big Ten. They don't get the Big Ten network money, but they still have the ability to compete. And that's what he wants. He wants to see some of the the infrastructure, the facilities, you know, the the collective donations, things that that they can take care of that allow them to compete on an annual basis. And Tulane has stepped up, and and I think – giving him a a commitment to do that. And then along with that, uh, Georgia Tech, I think, kind of blew it, to be honest with you, because they really were trying to force Willie's hand in in the timing of the announcement and and one to announce it before (laughs) the American Athletic Conference Championship game, and that was completely unfair. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, they just were not going to go for that. It would be a huge distraction for Willie and everything he's done there, and he didn't want to do it, and that ultimately became kind of the deal breaker for him. Wow, that that just makes no sense. If Georgia Tech, if that's who you want, what's another week? Um, Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, good for them. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's awesome. Um, I I guess I got to talk about the Saints. Uh, You wrote a very 
a really, really good article that if Sean Payton comes back to coach in the NFL, he should come back and coach with the New Orleans Saints. Do you give that um, – what kind of percentage would you give that right here, right now, for him to come back and um, to come back and coach in New Orleans again? Well, I think, honestly, it's probably a pretty low chance of happening. I know a lot of people read it and then jumped to the conclusion that, you know, this might be a, a possibility, and, and it is a possibility. I, I want to make yeah. that clear. I wouldn't have written it if it wasn't. Right. Uh, but, you know, th- this season would really have to bottom out and – uh, you know, the last four games would have to really go sideways, I think, for Mickey Loomis and, and Gail Benson to move on from Dennis Allen after one year. That's just not the way they operate. But what, right. what I wanted to get across to people, you know, I don't think the general public or Saints fans understood that, that you know, they're all looking at where Sean Payton might coach next year. And, uh, you know, he's definitely would consider New Orleans if, if it opened up. Uh, he's definitely open to coming back. I, I think he would welcome it. Matter of fact, I know he would. So hmm. I just don't think people understood that and knew about it. And, um, you know, he's gone so far, not just in New Orleans, but every kind of, you know, viable potential opening. He's looked at their rosters, uh, yeah. you know, surveyed the coaching staff, who who he'd keep, who he'd move on from, where he'd, who he'd bring in, what players he'd – He'd move on from. He's done that in New Orleans, and he wouldn't mm. do that. Wouldn't take the time to do it if it wasn't a, a consideration for him. Yeah, nobody knows him as well as you do. What was the what was the main reason for him to step away for a year or two or whatever, however long he wants to? What was the main reason? Well, look, I think a lot of people think there's you know New Orleanians, Louisiana natives. I mean, we're all we're all into conspiracy theories, and there's always <laughs> some other story and there's a backroom deal going on. No one Boy, believes so anything accurate. at face value down here for, for good reason. I mean, there's been years of, of backroom deals and corruption. So there, yeah. no one wants to believe anything, but when he tells you that he just needed a break, uh, people need to believe him that he didn't have a plan. There was no agenda to go somewhere. He just needed personal professional break. It'd been 16, not just 16 years here, but more than that yeah. of grinding. Yeah. He was, obviously financially secure and he just needed a time to kind of get back into good shape, get his health together. I think he and his wife wanted to travel. There's things he couldn't do uh, being an NFL head coach. And he knew it was only fair to the organization to step away. He couldn't ask them to let him go on a hiatus while, uh, you know, while everybody else was, you know, minding the fort. So it really, it really was nothing more than that. And, and I don't think he had a plan when to get back into coaching. I still don't necessarily think it's set in stone he's going to coach next year. He's right. happy doing TV. He's he's living in L.A. on Manhattan Beach. Uh, he's huh. got a place up in Idaho on Lake Coeur d'Alene. So he's huh. kind of West Coast based now. But, you know, if, if a good job does not open in a, in a solid, functioning organization, he'll just keep doing what he's doing and wait. He's not that uh, impatient. Right. So I don't think it's set in stone that he coaches next year. And the more I start looking at it, Jordy, and you start seeing the the really attractive positions that might not open, the places everybody had him targeted, right? Dallas, mm-hmm. L.A., mm-hmm. those things might not open. You might just say, you know what, I'll, I'll keep doing this and I'll, I'll wait till next year. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Uh, Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com. 
Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm taking my number nine jersey down. Uh, Drew Brees is now a traitor. He's coaching Purdue against my LSU Tigers. Do do you envision the possibility that Drew Brees is kind of trying to see if he likes this uh, this profession known as coaching football? No, I can assure you that's not <laughs> okay. in his future. I mean, he it's one thing to do it for a couple of weeks in December. Right. Another thing to make it your your career and your profession. I mean, that involves a much greater investment of time gotcha. and resources. And and Drew will tell you right now. I mean, the reason he stepped away from TV was he wasn't getting to spend as much time with his family. Uh, yeah. He was having to travel from his base out in California all the way to Stanford, Connecticut. And spent a lot of time on planes no, crossing the country, and yeah. uh, it wasn't really what he was interested in. I just think it's not as glamorous. The investment as... that well, these coaches just put so much time into it, you know. Yeah, it's not as glamorous as people tend to believe. It's a lot of stuff that there is no Camelot. Um, one last thing, I'll let you get out of here. How about those Pelicans? I know they got beat by yep. Utah, but how about I was getting I, I I never thought David Griffin would survive, and now. He's like the savior of the city with this franchise. Yeah, they're thriving, and yes. they're legit. They're legit, yes. Jordy. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're only going to get better when Brandon Ingram comes back, and they you know they get that rotation down. Uh, they're going to be dangerous. And the the good thing about it, the thing that Pelicans fans should be really excited about is they're built for the long haul here. I mean, they yes. should have sustained success. Something that's eluded the. The organization throughout their tenure here in New Orleans, they've they've had these spike moments and really good teams, and then they tend to fall off a cliff the next year. But this team is young, it's talented. I think it's only going to keep improving. They got a great head coach who really connects with the players. They play hard for him, yeah. uh, and, and Zion, I think, is just figuring it out right now. I mean, we're seeing him sort of come into his own and become yeah. become the alpha that this team needs i think to I take agree. it to the next level it's clicking and he's that guy everybody knows what he's gonna do and where he's gonna get and you still can't stop him and there are very very <laughs> few like that jeff duncan nola.com merry christmas great catching up with you but i really do appreciate your time have a great holiday season you too jordy thanks for having me on buddy and take care all right, man. We'll see you soon. Uh, Jeff Duncan of NOLA.com. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here when we come back. The Schwab, it's week 15. Picks are coming next here on the Jordy Holtberg Show. The Jordy Holtberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, rapidly, this NFL season is moving along. It's now week 15. We've got some interesting matchups. Bill Belichick goes up against his former offensive coordinator. The Lions are red hot. But who's the best team in football right now? I, I, I know who's the best team. Who's number two? Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports to answer that question and give us all of his picks. Frank, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you for your time. We all have to agree Philadelphia is number one 
in the power rankings. The big question is, who's number two now? It's really close. It's it's hard to say. I think there's three teams in the mix. Maybe the Bengals, if you really squint hard. But I think it's either the Bills, Cowboys, or Chiefs. A good argument can be made for either. I think I moved the Bills up to number two this week just because they're playing well. They're they're so balanced on both sides of the ball. I mean, I I like what they do. I think they could still win a Super Bowl. I think Bills Eagles would be a great great Super Bowl. But I think those other two teams are definitely look at those. If that's our final four, we're in pretty good shape. I think those four teams really are elite. And then there's kind of a drop off after that. Uh, you're not riding the San Francisco 49er train. I, you know what? I like them. I, I like the 49ers. They're really good. But, look, Brock Purdy, for as great as this story has been, he's had two <laughs> home games where they've gotten out to big leads. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's no adversity involved in that. He's a seventh-round pick playing for a Super Bowl contender. That's, <laughs> you know, that, that's challenging enough. But I don't know if you know how many of your listeners have been to Seattle. That is a loud, loud stadium. I'll tell you yes. that. It is, it is a hostile environment. And this is first, this kid's first road test. I, I think mm-hmm. that I do think Seattle wins tonight. I do. They're a desperate team. They're a good team still. They look. They've struggled a bit the past few weeks, no doubt. But they've been good this season. Pete Carroll's a good coach, and I just look at Brock Purdy. Does it? If he comes out and has a great game, San Francisco wins by fourteen. Well, you know, I, I'll just tip my cap and say maybe we have a story on our hands that that yeah. we didn't really think we had a few weeks ago. Yeah, we'll know a little bit more. Is, is Debo Samuel playing? No, he's out. He's and that's another reason. That's another reason I like Seattle because, yeah. I mean, so much of the 49ers offense. Look, they have McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk. They have good players. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. But so much of what they do, they do just, you know, centers around the explosiveness of Debo Samuel. That I, I just, it, it, it's a downgrade for them. It has to be. All right, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Let's uh, let's get through some of these games. It's lost some of the luster. The Cleveland Browns are done. Uh, they're at home. They're a three-point underdog to the Baltimore Ravens. No Lamar Jackson. They've got Tyler Huntley. Uh, Deshaun Watson, boy, I, that's just a rust thing, right? He just doesn't look good. Uh game of any interest at all? Yeah, it's going to take some time for Deshaun Watson to play better. If he does, look, I can't guarantee that he's going to be the same guy he was. I, it's two years off of football, basically. It takes it's it's something. It's it's it, it's you know, ask Le'Veon Bell. He took that year off; it was never the same. I, I'm just saying, it could go fast. So I think he'll be fine as it gets going, but I think it's going to take at least till the end of the year. I mean, 23 months off. It's a long time. I think the Ravens find a way here. I know they don't have Lamar Jackson. They're playing ugly football lately. But that, you know what? The, they just find a way. They, John Harbaugh's such a great coach. I think he's. Yeah. I think he could be the second best coach of football behind Bill Belichick. Okay. And he just look when the Ravens have an issue. Look, this is our struggle. They always find a way to win despite it, and I respect the heck out of that. And I think they find a way to win in Cleveland. All right. Um, a triple header on Saturday as college is you know, waiting for bowl games and all, but the NFL takes over. The nightcap is a very interesting one. Uh, Miami has to go to Buffalo. Nighttime, cold, probably snow. Bills are seven and a half point favorites. You've got them ranked as a, one of the one of maybe three teams that could lay claim to the second best team in the league. Two has struggled the past two weeks. Um, I don't know how he plays in those conditions. I don't know how Miami can hang in this one. Do you? Yeah, and I, you know what? It's it's tough. It's tough because I think that it, it, 
you look, everything you said about Miami's true. Their offense is struggling too. Their defenses are very good. But this has been a good team all season. It really has. Yeah. Like this is yeah. this is not a team that that just had you know it had a couple bad games and that happens. I, I don't want to necessarily go against them, but I might. Like that, there's just a lot stacked against them in this game. And the Bills are a very very good football team, and they can really make life tough on you if they get up. So I guess I'm going to go with the Bills in a blowout. Uh, you know, ten points, whatever. I just. I just, but I I feel like that's disrespecting the Dolphins, so it's not an easy pick. I'll tell you that. All right, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Um, believe it or not, these two teams are still faintly, remotely uh, in the playoff chase in the worst division in football. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons head into New Orleans. Saints are four-point favorites. Uh, Atlanta, strangely, uh, was Marcus Mariota playing that poorly that they would go at this point in time with a with a rookie on the road in the Superdome? That's the Saints' big rival. It's going to be loud and crazy, but Desmond Ritter gets the start what 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 are they doing yeah i think it was just time to try something else even if this isn't quote unquote the right move they had to i think mariota was struggling a lot like he just was missing normal stuff it's stuff that an nfl quarterback has to complete and at that point if you're the falcons just say whatever what have we got to lose and i think letting the kid play and maybe you just figure out something the rest of the season that you got him for next season. You can move forward with him as your starter or whatever. But it was time. It was time to make this move. Now, I think the Saints are just going to – I really do think they're going to blow them out. I just – I don't know if the kid's ready. He did look okay in preseason. I can't lie. But the rest of the Falcons team around him is not very good. It doesn't have a lot of support system. The Saints right. have been great lately either. You know that. But yeah. I just think – I think there's a good spot for New Orleans at home against a rookie quarterback. Okay, I'm with you. I like that. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Uh, Dallas, beware. Four-and-a-half-point favorites at Jacksonville. You, you always spoke about that quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. You really liked him. They're starting to play better. They're no longer a, a, a laughing stock. They're alive in the playoff race. Dallas trying to track down the Eagles in their division. Um, Jacksonville, great showing against Tennessee. Uh, different story here with that defense of the Cowboys, but Jacksonville's not the not – Nothing to sneeze over anymore. I know. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I I gave Dallas the edge here because they played so poorly last week. I mean, that sounds illogical, but I think we all know that they came out last week figuring, whatever, we're 17-point favorites. Houston stinks. We're going to roll them over. And they needed a desperate last-minute drive to beat them. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think that got their attention. They're going to be focused. They're going to be ready to go. And not that Jacksonville, you could, you know, I mean, it's not like they're the Houston Texans, obviously. But right. I, I do think that the Cowboys are really going to be focused here. They're a very good football team. I think they they win, they cover. Although, you know what, Jacksonville's playing. Uh, hey, what do you get out of Jacksonville? That's the thing. They beat the Ravens. Great win. Go on the road, get blown up by the Lions. They come back. They you know they have another dominant win against the Titans on the road. What, what do you make of that? Like you know the pattern there is really kind of strange. So Jacksonville come could come out play great, get a win. I just like the Cowboys here to kind of get over on them pretty early. You, uh, Frank, you mentioned the Detroit Lions. I don't think anybody wants to play this team. They are red hot. They have won, what, uh, five of six to get back into the playoff race. They're in New York to take on the Jets, who are coming off a second straight loss with Mike White at quarterback. He's played well, but this is all about the Lions offense against the Jets defense. Who do you like in this one? It's a, it's a pick-up in some places, but the, uh, the Jets are a one-point favorite. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of respect for the Lions, and I get it. They are playing well. A lot of that has come on the, at home, though. Uh, this kind of has right. the look of a team that is going to be a little bit better at home than on the road. It's going to be, you know, a little cold there. And I like this Jets defense. Mike White is banged up. Like, that is a, a factor. I can understand if somebody picks the Lions, but I'm going to go with the Jets. I just think they're home. They're a good team. Okay. But uh, the Lions are playing so well that if, if, if somebody picked Detroit, I, I don't think it would be uh, a bad pick at all. I think that, that that's perfectly reasonable. But I'm going to go with the Jets. Dan Campbell looks like a, a fun guy to play for, right? What a great job he's done. He has. I mean, I, we do have to mention that he, he was overseeing that one-and-six start. <laughs> I mean, right. if people calling him coach of the year, it's like, well, okay, right. I, I get it. <laughs> I get what you mean, but yeah. you still have to say, yeah, well, he was a coach when they were one-and-six, too. So, But, yeah, he <laughs> is. He's gotten to see playing hard again late in the year, just like he did last year. I like him. Yeah. I, I do think he's, he's the right guy for Detroit. He kind of fits that city, too. I think they're really going to enjoy yes. him the next few years. Has, has Jared Goff done enough? Do you invest in Jared Goff long-term as your quarterback, or do you go draft somebody and not and look that a, way? I mean, that's such a good question because, I mean, there's so many layers of consideration here. They're obviously going to have that top-five pick with the Rams. You could draft a quarterback, kid from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, somebody like that. Or do you just take one of the stud defensive linemen up there and just say, we'll roll with Goff? I mean, Goff's yeah. not cheap either. He's $30 million next year, and he can get out of that contract wow. and have about $20 million in cap savings. So you got to weigh that, too. Like, do we would we rather just reinvest that $20 million in, in other positions and go with a rookie quarterback? Or do we want, you know, the Jalen Carter kid from Georgia, if he falls to you, how could you pass that up? I mean, he's All unbelievable right. defensive tackle. So a lot going on. I, I I actually do think they go with golf next year. I think they're going to either yeah. trade down or draft a defensive lineman or something like that. And they just say, you know what? Golf has played well enough for us. We don't need that rookie quarterback. We're going to build yeah. elsewhere. Okay. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Um, if I told you Arizona was playing Denver uh, in an absolutely meaningless game at this point in time of the season with Kyler Murray done for the season and Russell Wilson suffering a concussion, so you're likely to have Colt McCoy versus Brett Whip Rippon uh, at quarterback. Wow. Sheesh. Goodbye. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And this is why the NFL protects quarterbacks. I mean, I, I know that both guys are hurt, but Games like this are just hard. There, I mean, it's who's watching this. I actually don't think the Cardinals are that bad with McCoy. I, I know he's no Kyler Murray, but he's a veteran. He runs the offense really well. He knows how to get the ball out. They've played well with him. They really have through the last couple of years. So I'll go with the Cardinals straight up. I, I, I just okay. whether it's Russell Wilson has been practicing, so I know he's not dead yet. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he he could play this week. But who cares who plays quarterback? That offense stinks. Like it's, it, they just can't score. So I'll take Arizona. I just think I have faith in Cole McCoy. I think Cole McCoy could play pretty well in this game. All right. Uh, it's the, the the head coach versus his former offensive coordinator turned head coach at another place. It's uh, the New England Patriots, a one point favorite on the road, taking on. Um, Coach Mc, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders with Coach McDaniel. Uh, the Patriots had a big win over Arizona. They stayed out west, so they didn't have to travel. So they've been living large with uh, with Belichick out there in Vegas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Raiders coming off a horrible loss to the Rams. Um, Raiders are a one-point favorite in this one. Does that surprise you? Uh, it does, yeah. Honestly, like, what have the Raiders done to that deserve to be favorite. You know, I mean, they're poorly coached. They blew that Rams game. 
I just, uh, I know Bill Belichick is not going to, we saw, I mean, everybody, oh, the Patriots aren't that good, they're not that good. Yeah, but they never make the mistakes that just kill them. They, yeah. They're always in the game. You saw a lot of Monday night where the Cardinals kept making mistakes, the Patriots kept taking advantage of it. That's who they are. That's who they've been over Belichick's entire time there. They've had more talent in other years of Belichick's career, but I just have more faith in the Patriots not beating themselves with dumb mistakes. I just I don't really have a lot of respect for this Raiders coach, except they have not done a good job. They completely blew the Rams. Completely, utterly, 100% it's on the coaches. And I'll take the Patriots. I, they just, they're one of those teams where you can look at their roster and their talent and whatever and say, oh, I don't like this team. I'm going to bet against them. And then you're just like, yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, well, what did you do that for? They're really, really well coached. So I'll take the Patriots. Cincinnati's at Tampa Bay. The Bengals of Joe Burrow and company are three-and-a-half-point uh, favorites in this one. They got some big injuries heading into the game, but boy, Tampa Bay just doesn't look like the the same team. Um, Tom Brady versus Joe Burrow. Give me Joe Burrow. Uh, I like the Bengals in this one. Uh, I think they win this thing straight up. They're, they're a team on the rise. I think the I think the Bucks are a team going downward. It's just me. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. This Bucks team looks really broken. I just... I keep hearing, like, oh, is it going to turn around for the Bucks playoffs? But no, it's not. I don't even know that they make the playoffs. I think Carolina can win that division. All they got to do is beat the Buccaneers January 1st, and they're in a great spot. And they've yeah. already beat the Buccaneers 21 3 this year. So amazing. I just, yeah, I don't see how the Bengals don't win this game. Like, every week we just, oh, look at Tampa Bay's talent. They're going to turn it around. They're going to get it. They're not. This is just who they are. They're a bad football team. And they looked really, really bad last week. I just, it's not, it's just not happening for them. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to turn around. So Bengals playing good football. Like I said, they're in that kind of not necessarily elite, but I still could see them winning a Super Bowl group. I'll take the Bengals. I think they're, yeah, I like them. Giants at the Washington Commanders. The Commanders um, coming off a bye. The Giants coming off a bad loss to the Eagles. That that uh, steamrolling Giants team has uh, settled back down to reality here. Do you like the Commanders? It's a uh, four-and-a-half-point spread with the Commanders getting the advantage. Yeah, a little high on the spread, but I'll still take the Commanders. Coming off a bye, I just think they're a better team. I mm-hmm. The Giants, you know, early in the year, they're finding ways, and I respected that, but it's it's just gone for them. Saquon Barkley looks like he's just worn out. I mean, he just can't find any holes to run through. Whatever magic the Giants had early is just gone. So I gotta take the Commanders here. Although, I, whatever, the Commanders aren't good either. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're just not a very good football yeah. team. So it's it's not a comfortable pick taking them at more than four. But I, I just I just think the Giants kind of ran out of gas. So whatever they had bottled up early in the year really is gone for them now. All right, finally, Monday Night Football. <laughs> I mean, when the schedule came out, you're going to think, man, this is the game of the year. The Rams, the Super Bowl champs, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and both teams. Woo, the Rams are done. Packers still still got a shot uh, in the playoff chase. They're still alive. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's why they're a seven-point favorite against Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, the Baker Mayfield story was awesome last week, but we can't forget for 57 minutes of that game, they were stuck on three points and looked terrible. And they still have all these injuries and all that. Baker Mayfield really got hot in that game, and good for him. I don't take that away from him, but he had played poorly all season. I think the Packers blow them out. I really do. I just don't think this is a very good Rams team, the way it's constructed with the injuries and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think the Packers rested now off the bye. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll take the Packers. Here. I think they're they're not a good team, but the Rams really have their issues. Uh, the big big question with the Packers, uh, it's another quarterback issue. Uh, do you is Aaron Rodgers? You ride that horse again for a year or two with that dollar figure, or do you I, throw Jordan Love into the ring and try and trade Aaron Rodgers and build up your roster that way? That's a big decision yeah, for the I don't Packers. Know. What do they I, do? It's tough to say. It really is because I think that uh, I think it's it's just tough to say because. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're gonna have to find somebody to take out that contract, and I, I don't know. I, I, I guess you go with Aaron. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has really been their problem this year. Oh, he's like great, but he's uh, with a better team around him. You could play well, and they could talk themselves into our rookie. You know, our rookie receivers will come along another year, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Let's say that I think mm-hmm. that this could. Uh, it, it, it's a tough decision. I just don't. I just don't think you move on from an Aaron Rodgers until. You absolutely have to. I know it's just too, you know, it's, it's, hey, this is it. We, we can't. And I don't think Rodgers is at that point where you're just giving up on him being a good quarterback. Okay. More than fair. Um, he is Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Uh, thank you as always, my friend. Enjoy. Hey, three games on Saturday and the rest on Sunday. It's a, and a game tonight. So, uh, it's, uh, it's the NFL dream come true for those NFL fans. And we greatly appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so much. Yep. Appreciate it, right. Take care. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports out there in lovely, the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado. We'll take our final time out of the day and come back and wrap this thing up here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back uh, to wrap this thing up. Special thanks to our uh, great guest today, Preston Guy from TigerBait.com, talking LSU-Purdue football, Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern, talking all things college hoops, uh, Mike Scarborough with the latest on LSU football recruiting, Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com. What a great story it is for the Tulane Green Wave as they head to the Cotton Bowl. First time they've been in a bowl like that since 1940. And Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports with with all of his picks. Um, and so um, he picks the Saints to blow out the Atlanta Falcons and their rookie quarterback making his first start. What are they? I, anyway, it looks like they've thrown in the towel, Atlanta. They, they, even though they're still in the hunt, they've thrown in the towel. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, if today is your birthday. December 15th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share your day with a guy who uh, lived and breathed Houston Astro baseball. He played for them. He managed them. Happy 76th birthday to Art Howe. Met Art. What a nice, nice man he was. Really good player. Really good manager. Art Howe. Um, Houston through and through tomorrow, a fun filled football Friday for sure. And, and some other things, uh, 
as well. Uh, the regular crowd will shuffle in. Larry Holder from The Athletic will get his thoughts on Week 15 of the NFL and get his thoughts on the uh, the Saints versus the Falcons. George Faust, uh, Fridays with Faust from KLFY, all things happening in Acadiana as we shift now from high school football to high school basketball. Uh, and then, of course, George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will have our picks on a litany of games so that's what's coming your way tomorrow so we certainly hope you will join us again tomorrow friday from 2 to 4 p.m here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles uh so until then i'm jordy helper thank you all for listening thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day james mesh thank you as well until tomorrow uh stay thirsty my friends stay healthy all right stay healthy let's be kind to one another and be happy it's the holiday season and tomorrow is friday so long everybody